tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today we're speaking with Emily Hall. Emily is the founder and owner of Kitty Cat Go, a website and community dedicated to all things cat adventure. She has been traveling and adventuring with her cats for over six years. They love to hike, road trip, canoe, and more. Her goal and passion is to educate, encourage, and help others to have successful cat adventures. Emily, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Yeah. Hey, Stacey. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So uh, happy holidays. We are sort of in the holiday period here, and I want to just give a shout out to that. And first and foremost, I'd love to find out how you got to be passionate about cats. Yeah, sure. So my family adopted our first cat when I was in kindergarten. And so I grew up with cats. We eventually had three cats and three dogs. So we always had a house with a lot of animals. And there's just something about cats that I connected with a little bit more. And so now as an adult, my husband and I have seven cats and they're all rescues. And I just, cats are the best. So many wonderful qualities. And um, I love sharing my life with them. So what happened in your life? I'm assuming when you were a child and you had cats, you weren't necessarily thinking about your cats being outdoors and adventurous and, you know, doing all the things that you're doing right now and doing them with your cats. How did that change happen? Yeah, no, I did not adventure with my cats as a kid. My husband and I, one of our cats has a neurological disorder called cerebellar hypoplasia. And it it just causes her to be a little bit wobbly and she's not very coordinated. And we started taking her out in our backyard several years ago because we knew she couldn't run away. She couldn't climb the fence. Um, so we could easily take her out in the backyard and play with her and not have to worry about the dangers of that. And uh, she loved it. She loved being outside, all the sights and smells. And we eventually worked our way from the backyard to the park and the pet store and just going all these different places. And she loved it so much that I decided to start training some of our other cats to go out on a harness and leash as well. And it's just sort of grown from there. So if there, you know, as somebody who is interested in um, having their cat become a bit more adventurous and letting them have some time outside, would you recommend the first step be that they actually try them on the harness or are there other things that you should do first, like having a, a like a playpen type thing set up and having them out with that? You know, what what's your recommendation for a first step? I think the first step is harness training within your house. You always want to start training with the harness from the safety and comfort in your house. And you don't even start by putting the harness right on your cat at first. I mean, it starts as simple as getting a harness and putting it on top of your cat, maybe when they're eating and sort of distracted because most cats aren't used to wearing anything. And so that feeling will be so foreign to them and it might, you know, freak them out at first. 
So try to do it when they're distracted, like eating or playing or something so that also they're associating it with a positive experience. And you eventually work your way up from there, from it just sitting on top of your cat to then connecting it and latching it on and then attach the leash and work on that just in your house. And then eventually, you know, work your way to maybe the backyard or a playpen, introducing your cat to being outside if they don't already have a catio or, or anything like that. What are your thoughts about the kitty strollers that I have seen around? Yeah, those are a great option as well. It allows you to take your cat out and introduce them to new environments and situations, but they're confined into, you know, a safe space. They're great, especially for, you know, going to the pet store or other pet friendly places where you can push the stroller really easily. You know, again, just with that, you want your cat, the key is getting them to associate that stroller as being a safe and comfortable space. So you want to train your cat to see the stroller as that from home. So get the stroller, set it up in your living room or wherever, put treats, catnip, you know, whatever your cat likes to attract them to it so that they like the stroller and will be comfortable in it. So I I took the opportunity to take a look at your website and you also have a blog. One of the blog posts that you did relatively recently was about a product called Marco Polo, a pet tracker. Can you share a little bit about that and, and what your thoughts were about that idea? Yeah, so there are so many pet tracking systems out on the market. Many of them are more marketed for dogs. What I loved about the Marco Polo was that the tracker that you put on your pet's collar was small and lightweight enough for cats as well. My cats didn't even notice that it was on their collar. And the other features I really loved about it was that there are no monthly fees with it. So, you know, it's just the one-time purchase of the tracker and that's it. And it's not based on GPS or Bluetooth or anything like that. So you don't have to worry about not having cell phone service or your phone's battery dying or whatever. Um, It's based on like radio frequency. So it'll work anywhere, anytime. And um, we tested it out several times and I use it when we take our cats out. And um, I love it. It works so well. I I haven't ever actually lost my cat, but when we tested it out, it took me right to my husband who was with my cat hiding in the woods and it works great. I love it. It's what I recommend to people all the time. That's a common question I get. People are always looking for a pet tracker for their cats if they're taking them out. And it's the one that I always recommend to people. So if somebody was interested in having an adventurous cat or even an indoor outdoor kitty, is this something that they would they would be using? Yeah, not everybody does, but a lot of a lot of people do. It just gives you that extra peace of mind if your cat were to slip out of their harness um, when you're out on a hike or something. You know, it gives you the reassurance that hopefully you'd be able to locate them and and find them. And of course, microchipping has gotten quite popular and we want to encourage microchipping even more. But the most important thing with the microchipping, obviously, is making sure that the chip is continually updated in the registry, because if you move, the microchip's not going to figure out what your new address is or new contact information. So, you know, microchipping is only as good as uh, the person who keeps the information up to date. Yes, absolutely. Could your animal welfare organization use a tune-up? Humane Network can help. You can get a free 30-minute consultation to talk through your challenges and get ideas on how your organization can be more successful with less stress. 
From board development and fundraising to strategic planning and operations, Humane Network has got you covered. Whether you are a large or small, nonprofit or government, it's a live and thriving program led by a certified animal behavior consultant features specially designed training for shelter and clinic staff on enrichment, stress reduction, safe animal handling, and behavior modification. With Humane Network, you receive individualized advice and support customized to meet your organization's unique needs. And Humane Network can lighten your load by taking on fundraising, communications, and other tasks you struggle with. Contact Humane Network today for a free 30-minute consultation. Visit humanenetwork.org. That's humanenetwork.org. Of course, you know that Dubert is the only software that helps you do transport, foster management, and fundraising all in one place. But did you know that Dubert has powerful e-commerce capabilities to let you sell your organization's products? Forget paying for Shopify or trying to list your items on Facebook. With your Dubert account, you can list your organization's products and even do auctions right from their rescue store module. Dubert manages your orders and all of the money goes directly into your PayPal, making it super easy to manage. Check out the Dubert Rescue Store functionality today at www.dubert.com where they make animal rescue simple. So we're sort of in the holiday period here, and there may be people who are going to be traveling, traveling for Thanksgiving, traveling for the December, January holidays. What sort of tips do you have for folks that want to travel with their cats? The first step would be to get your cat used to riding in the car. If you're going to visit family for the holidays, you know, you're probably going to be driving. And if your cat isn't already used to car travel, it can be stressful. So Um, I would recommend start car training your cat just by taking them for short little car rides and gradually increasing that time. So that way, when you go for that two hour car ride or five hour, however long your road trip is, that they're a little more prepared. And so and a lot of people, you know, are using Airbnbs and, and that kind of stuff, you know, when they're traveling. Are there things that we need to really make sure that we're doing when we're checking out for cat-friendly locations for us to stay overnight? Yes, absolutely. So just because Airbnb or hotel or whatever kind of accommodation you're looking at, just because it says it's pet-friendly does not always necessarily mean that it's cat-friendly. I have run into a few times looking for Airbnbs where it was listed as pet-friendly and I contacted the owner to make sure that cats were also allowed and they told me no. So always, always contact the place where you're looking to stay and make sure that cats are welcome as well. Um, Because a lot of times pet friendly really translates to dog friendly. So you want to make sure that you can bring your cat. When you're traveling, do you bring copies of your cat's medical records with you? I have them on my phone and I always make sure like I have up-to-date pictures, uh, which of course, probably we all do because we all take a million pictures of our cats all the time. And, you know, my vet's contact information and everything in my phone. And then of course, their tags, like microchip tags and rabies tags and all of that. In terms of like traveling with the litter box and, and traveling in the car, do you have them in a cage in the car, like where there's room for them for a litter box? Or, you know, how do you position them? Say you're going on a five or six hour drive, you know, how would you set them up in your car? I use sleepy pod mobile pet bed carriers. They aren't big enough to fit a litter box, but I really love them because they are also pet beds. So I just leave them out around my house and my cats nap in them all the time. So when it comes time to 
going for a car ride. It's just like they're traveling in their bed. Um, so I, I usually do bring a litter box in the car and have it like in the back or in between the seats. But in my experience, my cats have never once used the litter box when we were on the road. They always wait until we get to our destination, but I still bring one just in case. How long do you go in the car with them? I mean, I had the opportunity of driving with my daughter to Chicago, moving her cat, Maggie, who hated the car, but we actually did really well. It was a very successful day. So the question was, you know, how long do you go in the car or how short? Because you want to make the trip as fast as possible for a cat, especially that does have some stress in the car. But then again, you also, if they're not going to use the litter box in the car, you know, you want to make sure it's a short enough drive so that then they get in a place where they do feel comfortable enough to use the litter box. Um, I think we maxed out at about eight or nine hours, but I just didn't know if you had an opinion of sort of, you know, is there a best practice of like the amount of time we really should be in the car with our cats? I think it just depends on the cat. You know, you, you've got to assess your cat's personality and their needs and what is best for them. I, the longest I've ever gone with my cats was about a seven hour car ride and they did really well. They didn't use the litter box at all. They waited until we were set up at the hotel when we got to our destination and, you know, they might be able to go a couple more hours than that. But if it's your first time traveling with a cat and it's going to be a really long road trip, I would suggest taking breaks you know, and maybe letting your cat stretch their legs in the car. If they're harness and leash trained, maybe let them stretch their legs at a rest stop or something, give them an opportunity to use a litter box and maybe break your trip up into two nights. You know, it may be that you could make that road trip yourself in one day, but your cat might not be able to make it 10 or 12 hours and you need to stop for an overnight stay on the way. I think it it just depends, you know, on the cat. Do you have any two or three different sort of products or gift ideas that you think would be cool for somebody to get either for a friend or a family member that is thinking about making their cat a bit more adventurous? Well, if the cat isn't already going out, then I think um, a nice harness and leash would make a really great gift. And then um, a backpack carrier is a pretty popular a gear item for traveling adventuring cats because it lets you carry them on your back really easily and you can introduce them to new places. And like the stroller we talked about earlier, it's sort of like a safe, comfortable space for your cat. So if they're maybe not ready to be out walking somewhere, they can still go with you in their backpack. So those are probably the three gift ideas that I would recommend for someone just starting out, a harness and leash and a backpack carrier. And there are a lot of different kinds of backpack carriers that I have seen, or there's actually, there's, you know, there's ones where they're fully enclosed and like a bubble. And then there's, they're more like almost baby Bjorns too, sort of that can carry kitties that way. My niece uses that one. Mm -hmm. Do you know of people who use those baby Bjorns? My niece uses them, who is many people heard me reference. It's Lily LeBaron on Instagram, and she's got lots of different pictures of how Lily, the cat, goes out and adventures around. But yeah, she uses that sort of baby Bjorn style as well as a a different kind of backpack. And according to my niece, there are different scenarios that work well in different situations, but I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, I think I agree with your niece. It depends what I'm doing. Like I have a backpack carrier that's 
meant to be more like for longer hikes. So it has a lot of padding on it. So it's comfortable for the human as well and has more pocket and storage space to store snacks and water bottles and whatever other kind of gear items you might need for a longer hike. And then, you know, the, I have like a sling that's pretty similar to the baby Bjorn one you were talking about where there's no pockets or anything. Your cat just kind of goes in it. So I pick which backpack I'm using depending on what kind of outing we're going on, but whichever kind you go for your ventilation and space for your cats so that they're comfortable and they don't get overheated or something inside. Before we hit the record button, we were talking about your adventure challenge. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So last year I started hosting these adventure challenges. Um, We have them three or four times a year. And it's just a way that I've found helps to encourage people to get out and try new things with their cat. So what it is, is a list of different tasks in that vary in difficulty level from wearing a harness, walking on a leash, all the way to kayaking and camping with your cat. And the number of tasks varies from challenge to challenge. I have one going on right now that is 25 tasks. And human and cat adventure teams can complete these tasks, whichever ones they are able to, and they would like to try. And the participants all engage with each other and encourage each other along the way as they try these new things and go on these new adventures. And it's so much fun. I I love seeing the posts and the entries to the challenge of people who are just starting and they share about how they've accomplished taking their cat outside in the backyard for the very first time. And it's so exciting to see that. That's cool. That's great. And so when you're, you take the challenge, you're just going through and gaining points by doing different things. And do you have prizes or anything like that? Or is it more just a, a group effort? There are prizes. The prizes are different every time. I make handcrafted cat leashes. So right now the prize is a cat leash and it's a random drawing those who complete at least, you know, however many tasks I've set for that particular challenge will be entered into a drawing to win a prize. That sounds great. If folks are interested in checking out your website or signing up for your blog, is there a way to do that? Yeah. So my website is kittycatgo.com. You can sign up for my newsletter on that site. If you would like to get my weekly tips and updates on traveling and adventuring with cats. And then I also have a Facebook group called the Kitty Cat Go Adventure Team. Um, And it's full of people. You can ask questions, get help, share about your adventures. Um, It's a really great group of people. And then my Instagram as well is at Kitty Cat Go Adventures. Fantastic. So I recommend everybody check them out, social media, uh, check out her website. Emily, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Uh, I don't think so. I think I think we covered a lot of ground. So I'm going to ask you one follow-up question because one thing we, we didn't talk to you because we're sort of in the north, we're in the wintertime here, but in the south, it's still nice out. You know, we're talking about canoeing or I just saw a post about a, a surfing cat. I guess that was from that cat, the cat people TV show that just came out on Netflix. You know, so what what is the most adventurous cat activity that you've either heard of or that you've done with your own cats? The most adventurous thing I've done with my cats is uh, camping. We've gone camping a couple of times and um, that's always a lot of fun. 
as far as what I've seen other people do, it really amazes me sometimes the things people do with their cats. I've seen people go rock climbing with their cats and snorkeling with their cats, which that one is uh, insane to me. Like not, I mean, it's amazing that someone can get their cats to swim in the water and ride on their shoulders while they're snorkeling. It's very cool. That's great. That's excellent. Yeah. And my niece, she goes kayaking with her cat and, and her cat's gone into the lake and even done a little swimming. So it's really exciting, the opportunities and the options that you can do with your cats. And with it being holiday time, I know it's some parts of the country, it's kind of cold and dreary right now. So it's good to think about things that we can do with our cats. I actually, in Vermont, used to take my cat out on a leash, even in the wintertime. Not that he was that excited about walking on the snow and, and that kind of thing, but he really enjoyed the smells and being out in the fresh air. And certainly it was a change of scenery. So, you know, he definitely enjoyed it. And on my personal Facebook page, my, my profile picture is, is of him out in the snow on his leash, which is really quite nice. And uh, so it's fond memories for him, which he unfortunately is not with us anymore. So I have that as a, as a nice memory to have uh, with Hooch. Um, Emily, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on my show this week, and I hope you have a safe, happy holiday season, and um, I hope you'll join us again on the show in the future. Yes, thanks so much for having me, Stacey. This was a lot of fun. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think, and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. Did you join us for Diversity Day or Fundraising Day? We'd like to take this opportunity to shout out some of our sponsors who made these online educational opportunities possible. Vets Pets. Find out how Vets Pets is keeping happiness in motion at VetsPets.com. That's V-E-T-Z-P-E-T-Z.com. And Humane Network. Learn more about their consulting services and certificate programs at HumaneNetwork.org. If you or your organization is interested in sponsoring the podcast or an online event like the upcoming online cat conference or online kitten conference, email stacy at communitycatspodcast.com for details.